What's going on, guys? Welcome back to episode six of the Fade. Once again, I'm joined by my colleagues Stephen Laurie, Dylan Pupo, Cam Britt, and Ethan McLeod. We're gonna give just a little recap of the playoffs. Big. Let's start with the biggest one. I think the Chargers blowing a 27 point lead. I just think, dude, like Trevor Lawrence is a beast, man. I we picked the Jags before, dude. Me, Cam, and Luke and I don't want to say I knew it was going to happen because the Chargers are a very good team, but don't count Trevor Lawrence out, dude. He's been playing tremendously. People are talking about he's a top-five quarterback now in his second year in the league. He's just been playing phenomenal, and I hope to see him win again this week, man. I'm all in on the Jags, and I'll always root for Doug Peterson, dude, because he brought us one of these last time. So we'll see what happens. Stephen Ward, always making it about the Philadelphia Eagles, but uh... – all right, Justin Herbert, you let me down. Nah, he didn't let me down. But I said without Mike Williams, it's going to hurt him, and it did in the second half. I mean, you scored 27 in the first half. I mean, I know it was a lot of turnovers, so, I mean, they had good field position here and there. But um, the second half, they just couldn't move the ball, and when you're stalling out that long, eventually, it, you know, a team like with Trevor Lawrence at quarterback, they're going to eventually make their way back. And that's what happened, and – you know, that's the NFL playoffs for you. And you never like the whole game for the Cowboys and the Bucks game. I mean, the, it's Tom Brady back there the whole time. It didn't matter if there's two minutes left. I'm still nervous they're coming back. So that's just the way it rolls. And, you know, kudos to Trevor Lawrence. He had a really good game, but going up against the Chiefs this week, he's going to have to have the game of his life, to be honest with yeah. you, to beat the Chiefs. But. I wasn't surprised that Jacksonville won, to be perfectly honest with you. I mean, yeah, they had – Chargers had a 27-point lead. Blew that. They're in the new Matt Ryan. What's next? So. Yeah, the one thing that really stood out to me was uh, how the Chargers utilized Austin Eckler. I mean, he he barely saw the ball in the second half. He got five rushes, and they're, they're up by 20 points at halftime. I, I just – I don't know how – you only run the ball five times with – a top five running back in the NFL. I just don't get it. But a good win for the Jaguars. Their offense looked great in the second half. Uh, Lawrence, he really stepped up, came back from those four early picks. But four picks against the Chiefs, eh, that's not going to cut it. Definitely not. He's going to have to He's gonna have to throw for 350, three touchdowns if he wants a chance to win. Yeah, he looked he looked really flat in the beginning of the game. I thought I thought there was no shot of, of a comeback, but like Dylan said, this is the NFL and uh I guess you you can't write a better script than that. So going off of it, Bills barely squeezing by Miami with a third string quarterback again. They won by three, so your guys' take on uh, Buffalo. I mean, Allen threw 352, three tutties, two picks. Diggs and Davis both had over 100. I mean, Skylar Thompson wasn't even supposed to take this team to a losing by three. I think they're 14-point favorites. But uh, what's your guys' take on that? I'll be completely honest with you. I mean, the Bills – and Jack or the Bills and the Dolphins game really shocked me, but I'm sure it shocked everybody. I that was not the Bills team that happened like 
played throughout the season. So they're going to come out this week and absolutely dominate Cincinnati. That's just my thoughts on that. But it's just not the team that typically plays. Yeah, I mean, from my point of view, I mean, Miami has been a solid team all year. I mean, you know, I'm not the biggest fan of Tua, but obviously Tua is better than Skylar Thompson. But at the same time, I mean, they had they had a solid defense. So I thought if it was going to be close, it was going to be a low-scoring game, if anything. But it was the complete opposite. It was actually a pretty high-scoring game. Uh, I think t- I think he played pretty well. I think he had, he put a couple balls right on the money for deep passes that weren't brought like they didn't Hold catch. Tom- Thompson. Yeah, and I think he had like I was at the end of that game. He had a couple real nice throws, in my opinion, and they just weren't catching the ball. And I think a couple catches away from winning that game. I think it was a lot closer than people even. I know it was the three point game, and people think that's close, but I think it was one or two plays away from them winning that game. Yeah, yeah. Well, Thompson yeah. Did, like for for being a rookie in his first start in the playoffs against the Bills, <laughs> Buffalo. I mean, he he played pretty good. Like, if you if you said he was the Dolphins' starting quarterback for the whole year, I would have believed you. Like, obviously, uh, he looked good. Uh, like Dylan said, uh, I think the Dolphins started out. Uh, Waddle dropped a pass. I know Tyreek t- dropped a pass. Waddle Waddle dropped like three or four passes actually. Yeah, first. he dropped multiple passes that game. They were on they were yeah. on him the whole game. Yeah, they're his, his throws were on point. They, the team just wasn't. Pulling, pulling together, but uh, the Bills came out in the first quarter and it looked like they were going to blow them out. They scored two quick touchdowns in the first, and then after that, they kind of just took their foot off the pedal. And uh, but props to the Miami defense though, because they they did play good in the middle of that game uh, after giving up those two quick scores. But uh, I think we've seen this from the Bills kind of often, where they don't really come out and show you that they're the best team in football, but they still find a way to get the win. So uh, I think it'll be definitely a tougher matchup this week against Cincinnati. And I guess we'll see how they come out, if they could keep their foot on the pedal for <clears throat> minutes. Steve, you have anything to go off of what the Bills? Uh, yeah. Um, I think there's a lot of holes with the Bills, honestly, man, I don't think they're the Super Bowl favorites like they were in the beginning of the season anymore. Um, like Ethan said, it's a so much of a tougher matchup between the Bengals and them this week. I mean, Joe Burrow's a menace, man. He has 4,475 yards. Him and Josh Allen are actually tied with touchdowns with 35, but Josh Allen has, I think, 14 interceptions, and he's like 30th. So I think this one, this matchup is going to come down to which quarterback plays better. And in my opinion, I think Joe Burrow has the weapons to do that. And I think he's going to do what he did last year. I don't think they're, they're going to end up going in the Super Bowl, but I do think that Burrow's going to carry them to the championship, man, and they're going to beat the Bills this week. Going into the San Francisco, I didn't think that game was going to be as close as as it was in the first half. I thought, wow, we're seeing Geno Smith and Seattle coming out and uh, 
absolutely going to shock the world. And then the second half, it, uh, Geno Smith just looked like the New York Jet Geno Smith that everyone remembered him by up until this season. So that, I, I don't know. I, I mean, um, it was a good run for Seattle. Pete Carroll, good coaching this year. Geno Smith, very great play this year. Uh, there's some things that they have to work on. You know, second half coaching is going to be a big problem now. Uh, your guys take on the San Fran Seattle. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, pretty much we all knew that San Fran was going to win that game. That was like the one, the one definite game. But like I said last week, I thought Seattle had a chance to keep it close. It's a divisional game against a rival that they've already played twice. And I'm pretty sure it was Dylan said it last week. Uh, it's tough to be, it's tough to be a good team three times in a season. And, you know, Seattle's they're, they're a good team. Don't, don't get me wrong, but San Fran, they're just a different monster. Cam. Uh, I just 100% agree with you. I mean, it was, it was quite shocking to see uh, that game be so close in the first half. I don't think anybody really expected that, especially, with San Fran being as dominant as they are or have been. But they got to play better against Dallas. Dallas is much better than uh, the Seahawks are. So I think that's going to be a much closer game. Yeah, I think Seattle hung on as long as they could. I think, you know, they're a good enough team to hang on. But for four quarters with San Fran, they're just not that good enough of a team. Uh I think Gino has just trouble staying protected against San Fran's defense, and I think that's a big problem for him. But, uh, no, I mean, San Fran finished the game off, which is what great teams do, and we'll see how it goes next week. I think, dude, that if the 49ers and Brock Purdy are going to beat Dallas, that – they're going to have to play a lot better, man, than they did in that first half against Seattle because, like you guys said, it was such a close game. The 49ers are supposed to be this powerhouse team, but going back to, like, the Dallas matchup with them this week, dude, I just think it's going to be so crucial for Dallas if that offensive line can protect Dak because if he's comfortable and he gets in a rhythm, Dak can play really well. He showed that against Philly, you know what I mean? And – um, the amount of pressures that the 49ers can put on Dak is going to be really interesting. So I guess we're going to see if this offensive line can either take a beating or if they're really going to stand up and see if they're really worth being in the championship. And on the defensive side, I think that honestly, man, it comes down to if you're going to play Micah Parsons on the edge or if you're going to have him protecting the pass like against the McCaffreys and the Debo's and the Kittles and stuff like that because Micah Parsons only 240 pounds and he's going up against the guys on the edge that are 280 to 300 pounds all the time I was watching this interview and there was like with some girl from Barstorts and he or I'm sorry Barstool and he said that if he keeps playing on the edge like this that he can see himself having to bump up like 15 pounds getting up to 255 maybe even 260 so, in my opinion, I would have probably have Micah defending the pass, given that they have so many weapons that – I mean, that offense is stacked, dude, and Purdy's playing at such a high level. But, yeah, man, if Purdy can just 
get passes off quick to them weapons. If Mike is on the edge and they're stopping that, then the 49ers can be very successful. But we'll see what happens. Going off of the final game of the wild card round, the Cowboys dominating the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for basically three and a half quarters. You know, Dylan, what, what's going on with Brett Maher, man? Uh, kicking is a mental game. And I think one, once he missed the – I think the first one was jitters. And, I mean, you, you've seen that with both teams, offense and, offense and defensively. They, both teams came out with a little bit of jitters the first drive or two. You've seen bad throws from Dak and from Brady until the game settled in. Obviously, the kicker doesn't get to be in there until his first kick. So, I think the first one was the jitters. I think the second one, he just whiffed. And then after that, it was mental. I mean, yeah. it, it, it might have been mental after the second one as well. I mean, it, it well, might have been The mental. third one went left, wide yeah. left. I think he's he like tried down. going right to left end and just yeah, pulled at that, it. At that point, he's just he's just thinking too much. But I really like what Dak said at uh, post game, where he said, you know, I'm Money Maher's biggest fan. And he goes, I played like shit a week ago and, you know, this, look how this game went. He goes, I'm, I have no doubt that Maher will be back next week going perfect. And I think that's the best thing you could say as the leader is just giving him that confidence back that, hey, everyone has a bad game here and there. Keep your confidence. You've been great all year. Just get back on track and we'll be, we'll be good next week. Yeah, CD, I seen CD on the sideline. He like tapped him on the shoulder, brought him in and was like, hey, you bailed us out multiple times this season. So we, we're all behind you. So that's just a veteran move right there to keep your kicker's confidence. And that just shows that it's not just one guy of the team. Like you would think, oh, hey, the kicker, hey, you're riding on, on the back of the team plane or the back of the bus wherever we go. You know, <laughs> like you ain't hanging out with the offense and defense. But, you know, it shows you that that there's love, that this is a team sport, and that was a very veteran move by C.D. Lamb. Well, I mean, that's – as a team, I would expect them to try to keep their kicker's confidence. I mean, he he should know that he's getting cut after after the season. Once the cow once the Cowboys <laughs> lose this week, he's done. <laughs> Brett Maher is done. No one's signing him. I agree with Ethan. <laughs> well, it's just another Blair Walsh. Couple yeah. missed field goals in big time situations. How do you miss How do you miss four field goals from thirty yards? Like, I, 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 can, I can make at least one out of four. It's pathetic, dude. You're an NFL kicker. It's pathetic. I get it, but, like, I, I don't. I like what the Cowboys are doing. You don't just cut them. It's, this is the playoffs, dude. Like, you're, who are you going to go find? What kicker are you going to go find in free agency right now that's going to do anything? None. There's you don't two, cut them until the playoffs. Okay, but if, if, if the Cowboys win this week, or, and, right, and it's or even if they lose this weekend, it's not because of Maher. Maher kicks four – extra points or three extra points in a field goal he makes all of them and they lose do you cut him i don't i don't i don't think the, so I the think two guys who are telling you to cut him and that he sucks are wearing eagles hats you know i i think you bring him back to to camp next year if that's the case bring him back to camp bring another kicker in and you know make him compete again that, that's all you should do but i think he should still be your primary kicker i'm really happy that they're keeping him they did bring in one kicker uh i don't know they said that Maher's yeah, still going to this week, but they do have another guy in there, at least practice squad, kicking some field goals. So if, if a, some nonsense goes on this week again, <laughs> next week they could come out and bring a new kicker in. But I don't see it happening. I think it was going to be all right. Better off bringing Cody Parkey in there. Yeah, well, and him hit another <laughs> double doink, huh? 
What's typical? And, you know, like you guys all coming out the one bad thing the Cowboys did in that game, but we can move on. If that would have cost them, though, the game, if those if those four points would have cost them the game, you would be talking a little bit different, though. You know what I mean? I agree. When I when I was I was watching it, man, I was like, Brady, man, he's going to come back and he's going to end up beating us by two or three. It's just – I just seen it happening. But. Yeah, I seen when uh, you were up 18 and he missed that one, that Dak just threw his helmet on the ground and he's like, you son of a <laughs> – Yeah. But, you son of a beat. But I, and I see these things well, – was Brett Maher mad when you were throwing picks? But, like, that's totally different. Like, he's missing extra points, and it's the playoffs, and it's valuable. Dak wasn't a jerk after the first one or the second one. It was, like, after the third one, he was like, all right, I'm getting pissed off now. Like, we're playing Tom Brady, for Christ's sakes. We can't be giving up a couple points here. He, he was probably wondering if uh, Tom Brady offered him a couple tongue wrestling matches back in the locker room if he got the close. <laughs> all right. But, uh, going- Going off of that, we're going to go with our picks for this week. We're going to go quick with this. We got Jags, Kansas City. Steve, what do you got there? It's a no-brainer to me, honestly. I like Trevor Lawrence a lot, but Patrick Mahomes, dude, you can't do it. He's doing I'm going Chiefs. Dylan? I mean, you got you got Patrick Mahomes, and then you got Trevor Lawrence, but Trevor never lost on a Saturday. He's 41-0. I'm just the Chiefs. The Chiefs are—they're my AFC pick, and they're going to win this week. Not with ease. It's going to be a closer game, but I think that just shootout-wise, it's just not going to work out for Trevor Lawrence. It's going to be a high-scoring, close game, and the Jags are going to win. That's just my opinions, man. Going with uh, Trevor Lawrence not losing on Saturdays, taking that bet all day. Yeah, I won against the Jags last week. And it came back to bite me in the end. I'm I'm gonna have to do it again. Uh, the wow. Chiefs, Chiefs and Jaguars, they played earlier this year. Chiefs won 27, 20, 27 to seventeen. Uh, I think it'll both teams will score another touchdown. It'll be thirty four twenty four. You know, Trevor, you might as well make some reservations for Waffle House for a month straight because your your ass is going home. <laughs> Pat Mahomes is going to end up going and and blowing out Jacksonville. I want the Jags to win this game, but, you know, like I said, Lawrence, make some reservations for a month straight because you're going to be doing nothing but crying yourself to sleep at a Waffle House at 3 a.m. when you're all hammered. Wow. What's the shade? What's the shade over Lawrence? You know, non-fantasy law. You don't like no, I, I am, I am, dude. But you know, maybe it's just because the the luscious hair. Once you got to put the wig. Yeah, yeah. I mean, dude, it's looking better than Hulk Hogan's wig, you know. But uh, going off that Bengals Bills, now this is a huge game. What do we got there? Like I said last week, bud, Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow. I'm taking them all day. <clears throat> All right, well, like I, I'll say last week, Josh Allen, Josh Allen, Josh Allen. <laughs> I'll take him over Joe Burrow. Let's go. Let's do it. Shoot out. Taking the Bills. I'm going with the Bills as well. Man, I think it's going to be it's going to be close, and then the Bills are going to pull away in the fourth quarter. Yeah, I think this one is the toughest, toughest decision for me. Uh 
I've, I've been going through both sides. I think both teams could definitely win, but I'm going to go with the, I'm gonna go with, <laughs> with the more well-rounded team. Um, I feel like after last year in the playoffs, the Chiefs and Bills, they're just destined to meet again. So I'm going to go with the Bills. I'm going to say it's going to be 27-24. I am taking Joe Burrow. In this game, I am saying that Buffalo has, not, Buffalo has not been playing Joe B, Joe Shiesty, and Joe Shiesty. Mm-hmm. I'm taking I'm taking Buffalo. I think it's going to be a game, a shootout, a shootout. Thirty. I'm I'm going to say somewhere around the lines of 34-31. Let's go into the NFC side. Giants, Philly. What do we got there? Look at the hat, bud. Look at the ring. You know my answer. <laughs> Blowout game. Philly. Oh, God. All right. I got the New York football Giants. And I don't have them because I'm a Cowboys fan. I have them because... So, Jalen Hurts was out for two weeks. Came back for a week. Played against second strings and third strings was out another week, and now he's coming back to play a big game. So he's he hasn't seen real football in over a month. There's going to be some rust there. The Giants are hot. The Giants got momentum. Daniel Jones is going to continue to use his legs, and they're going to beat Philly. And it's going to – I'm going to think it's going to be about a 27-23 to 23 game. No, Daniel Jones will never play a game like that in his career ever again like he did last week. No shot. All I got to say is two words. Go, birds. Strip sack of Son Reddick. Coming soon. <laughs> All right. Yeah, we got we got to see on that one. I'll, I'll, put, I'll put 500 on that. Um, I'll match it. Obviously, obviously, I'm going with the Eagles, but I'd be lying if I said I wasn't nervous. After what Dylan said after last week, two weeks ago, Jalen, Jalen Hurts, that whole team didn't really look – they didn't really look right. And ever since Jalen Hurts got hurt, even with Gardner Minshew, the whole team didn't look right. You saw the offensive line have five false starts in a game. Like, that that's just not going to get it done in the playoffs. Um, but Daniel Jones, he's only played one game, one career game in Philly. And in that game, he ran for 80 yards and fell right on his face. I think he's going to be doing – I think he's going to be doing a lot of that. On Saturday night, I'll take eighty yards and fall on your face every day of the week. Yeah, I mean, yeah. But so, who, so who, who's ever just fallen on their face? Yeah, when you're just running in stride as an NFL quarterback. Yeah, but I'll take an eighty-yard, I'll take an eight, a sixty-yard run, and if you fall on your face, I'll take that every single game. Because I mean, cool. that is probably the most laughing stock played in the NFL history. I mean that that is what a, that the butt that, that is what a Cowboys fan would say though. They take sixty yards. They take they take twelve wins, thirteen wins, but they're not going to get a Super Bowl. Ooh. I hey, I think oh, okay. I think with that hey, Eagles. Oh. I'm gonna say it's going to be a close game. Eagles twenty four twenty. I'm I'm gonna say, dude. I I think Daniel Jones might have been dressing up at, in disguise and was tailgating a little bit before that game in the parking lot with some of the Philly fans, because he he was he had to be drunk or something stumbling. But 
this game I'm going. I'm going to go and like Ethan said, I I'm I'm nervous. I'm nervous because I you work so hard for a season to be so like in a way perfect when Hurts was healthy. You work so hard for all this every piece of the puzzle to fit perfectly to for it to squander in a divisional round game. But I'm going to take the Eagles 31 to 23. And Hurts has to have a big game. You know, it has to be over 250 throwing. He can't be rushing. But if if Saquon if Saquon can tire our front seven out, don't get me wrong. I'm gonna have to say that the Giants could pull this game off. And it's I think it's gonna be who may again in the playoffs. Most games come down to who makes the least amount of mistakes. Is Danny Dimes gonna come in there and have the game like he did last week? <laughs> Absolutely not. But we'll see. San Fran, Dallas. I know Dylan's going to be uh, a little bit biased with this, but. I mean, I'm, I would rather Dallas win because I would rather face Dallas in the Philly atmosphere at home. But You mean you'd rather watch Philly play or watch uh, Dallas play or the Giants? Yeah, Dallas play the Giants from your couch. <laughs> all the other Eagles players. Talk to me when you have one of these in your lifetime. But um, we're over under how many times Laura shows that off this one. That's already four. But um, yeah, man, Dallas fans. I just like Stephen A. Smith said on first take. You just have four days. That's all. That's all we have to hear it for anymore. And go ahead, Dylan. <sighs> I finished with something last week when we were talking about the Cowboys and the Bucks, and I want to refer back to it. I, the last sentence I said is, next week we are going to be back in the conversation are the Dallas Cowboys Super Bowl contenders. And here we are. I was right then, and I'm going to be right this week. Brock Purdy has not played a real defense since he started. He's 6-0. and The best defense he played was the Bucks. They can't get pressure on the quarterback. This is the first time he's going to be rattled. Mike had just had a kid, so he gained t- plus 10 dad strength right off the bat from that. So he's rushing the quarterback. Look out. Van Der Esch is back. That defense is back on tack. Still, I'm worried about their one cornerback, but I really think – I mean, I think San Fran's a little bit overrated. I think they just played Seattle. They were, in, they were what, losing in the fourth quarter? I mean – it's going to be a close game this week, but I think Dallas is going to pull out with this one. I think it's just a little bit of the hates coming in on the Cowboys, so everyone's like, oh, yeah, the Niners are so great again. So I think Dallas is going to steal this one. I think it's going to be 23-17 Dallas. And next week we will be talking about if the Dallas Cowboys have a chance at the Super Bowl. So I'm going to agree with Dylan to an extent. I do think that Purdy is going to struggle with Michael Parsons a lot. He, he hasn't faced the real edge rusher yet. So I'm going to take Dallas in a close scoring game, uh, probably 14 to 10. Whew. You think uh, Dak Prescott after last week's game is going to have oh, 10, 14 fucking oh, He's going in. 14 points. <laughs> Yeah, like I said earlier, dude, it all comes down to where Mike is defense, Oh, well, what happened to the Eagles' defense a couple weeks ago? 
When Dak Prescott, I agreed with you. Why are you arguing with me? I have no idea. What about him? For 14 points, when Dak Prescott's ready to play a big game, when Dak is ready to play in a big game, he shows up. He's going to throw three picks, though. He is not going to throw three picks. He might not throw one. And even if he does throw one, he is not 14 points. Come on. Ghost is going to brutalize Dak Prescott, dude. San Fran's defense is so much better than Tampa Bay's. You want, it's you want ungodly. To, do you want to know what was the greatest thing I seen last week in the Cowboys Bucks game? It was the third down and I think seven, and Dallas had the ball and pre-snap. You could see they're about to blitz, and I'm sitting there. And I said to myself, "Please blitz," because you know what Dak is. Dak's one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL against the blitz. Bring the pressure. He'll read it. He'll take the first down. And what did he do? He hit up Michael Gallup for a first down for 14 yards. I'll take it every day of the week. Niners are going down. Let's go, boys. Is that why they gave him blitz radar in Madden, Dylan? That's his X factor. Madden ratings mean nothing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It sucks. All right, is it finally my turn? <laughs> oh, <laughs> sorry. sorry. See, both, both, both of these, I think, honestly, this game is going to come down to the defensive line. Uh, both these teams have top five D lines. The Niners, they're top five in both in win percentage of both pass rush and uh, run stop. That that's just crazy to be top five in both, and uh, that that just shows you how good their front seven is uh, on the defensive side. Uh, I think Dak he'll have to have another big game like he did last week because there's no way the Niners are only scoring six points. Um, I'm gonna take. I'm going to take the Niners. I'm going to take the Niners. I'm going to say it's going to be 30-24, and Dak's going to choke on a game-winning drive. It's a good score. Oh. I, I, got, I got Dallas. I got Dallas. I think that the, it can go either way. It's it's going to be – like Dallas just played a phenomenal game, obviously, against the Bucks, which whatever. You can say what you want, but their defense isn't – bad like their defense is a top defense in the league i'm taking dallas because ratings with them against philly in the nfc championship game that'd be huge they don't want the nfl doesn't want dallas versus the giants in all honesty they want to see dallas and philly there's a lot more there but i'm gonna go i'm gonna go and uh say hey this is gonna be a 17 13 game dallas i'm saying i'm taking a low scoring game 17 13 dallas Brock Purdy does not come clutch on the final drive. And Dallas milks the clock with Tony Pollard at the end when they don't have any timeouts. Now, in in defense, if Dallas wants to win this game, Trayvon Diggs has to follow Debo Samuel everywhere he goes around that field because this is the time in the playoffs. If you're that true number one corner, go follow that guy that's worth 20 million a year and and prove that you can go and hold him to under a hundred yards if whatever but stop him in this game i have a low scoring game i think turnovers are going to be crucial i think we'll see a lot of not three and outs but like drives that that'll look good and then they get to pass midfield and then they'll have to punt at like the 40 45 you know stuff like that i think it's going to be a very interesting first half What's the uh, – you guys know the over-under? No, I don't. I'm not sure. 
Yeah, but I, yeah, I definitely, I definitely, and and uh, going off of this too, Dylan, I want your opinion. Why Cam's looking this up? On the last, I think it was forty-two rushing attempts. Tony Pollard has one hundred and seventy-four rushing yards, and Zeke has only seventy-four. But I'm you a fan of Zeke, even though he plays for Dallas. Uh, you saw it last week. It is what it is. Tony yeah. Pollard's a playmaker. Pollard's going to be used more in the playoffs. Zeke's going to be used for goal line and short yardage first down plays. And I think that's the best way you could do it because because playoffs come down to a couple big plays a game, and I think Tony Pollard is that for Dallas. I think him, CD, and, I mean, got to start talking about Dalton Schultz a little bit, two TDs yeah. last I think I said that two podcasts ago. And, you know, the big plays are what's going to matter. And I think, I mean, and Michael Gallup and his, his tippy toes on those sidelines, give it to him. He's not, I said, he's not that five, seven catches, a hundred some yards. He's not that guy anymore, but he will have those big plays. He will have those deep ball catches on the sideline, tiptoes, all that good stuff. But that's what wins your playoff games. And I think Tony Pollard's the way to go right now. Just keep feeding Zeke on the short yardage plays. Definitely. Cam, you got the over-under there? Yeah, so the over-under is 46. Uh, Dallas over 46. San Fran under 46. Dallas plus four. San Fran minus four. And the money line is San Fran minus 200. And Dallas plus 170. So, I mean, it's looking pretty tight, to be honest with you. That's a lot so closer than I thought. That's pretty decent value for the Cowboys if you're taking it. Is, yeah. Yeah. Well, I think I think the over's gonna hit definitely. I, I mean, the 49ers have been scoring 30 every game. They put up 41 last week after scoring what 16 in the first half. Yeah, but I think the people that are taking are the the under are betting on Purdy like getting rattled with the yeah. the, the the pressure and like the the just playing like uh, the Cowboys defense. Which is one of the better defenses in the yeah NFL. yeah don't get me they're wrong both great defenses also the defense is their top three in the league that's what I mean so yeah it could very well be under but I mean I'm still trying to push in the over because it could very well be the over dude both these offenses could really move the ball yeah I mean we seen we seen it with both both offenses last week putting up a lot you know what this game kind of reminds me of it reminds me of the Bills Chiefs game when or the no when the Rams had a really high scoring offense and their defenses were really good against the Chiefs. That's what this game kind of reminds me of. Like, wasn't that like a that aspect? Forty some, or dude, wasn't that like a wild? It was like a hundred point game. Yeah, dude, that was like, like, yeah, like that's crazy. Yeah, I think it was like fifty four to fifty one or something. Jared yeah. Goff is he the real deal this year? Is he bad? Definitely, definitely. <laughs> Goff, Goff deserves Goff deserves it. Yeah, he does. Going off of that, we're gonna go right in from now Dallas, Philly, Giants, etc. We're gonna go right in NFC East turnaround. From 2021, obviously all of us here are, are supporting at least one NFC East team. We're, we're all – everyone said this is the easiest division to play. And we went from Cowboys 12-5, and five, Eagles 9-8, and eight, Washington 7-10, and 10, the command or the commander 7-10, and 10, and the Giants 4-13 and 13 last season to the big turnaround to Dallas obviously stayed at 12-5. and five, No surprise. Eagles shot to fourteen and three, Washington nine seven and one, and the Giants eight eight and one. So I mean, what what happened? Or no, oh flip flop, flip flop. Washington eight eight and one, Giants nine seven and one. 
So what what do you think? Just do you think that all the teams were like, hey, you know, we're getting called that, we're getting bullied up by the rest of the league. That all right, we want hey, we want the NFC East teams diverse. So what do you th- guys think happened with that? I mean, look at all the young talent, man. That's in the division now. You know what I mean? They're all starting to like have a couple years under their belt. Besides guys like Jahan Dotson and stuff like that that are like rookies but still playing really good, but. Like, CeeDee Lamb is playing really good. Devontae Smith's playing really good. The Eagles brought in A.J. Brown. The Giants drafted uh, Kevon Thibodeux. He's playing extremely well at the end of the season. Um, the Commanders have Chase Young. Hopefully, he could stay healthy. But, yeah, I think that definitely plays a huge factor in it, man, all this young talent that's in this um, division now. Yeah, Steve, did you say Thibodeux? Thibodeux. <laughs> or however you say it, dude, whatever. It's How do you pronounce it? Nibido. Nibido. Oh, yeah. is it? Yeah. No, I think definitely there's a lot of young talent in the division. I think the main reason that all the teams got seem to get better is their defenses. I mean, the Eagles, they they have one of the top them in Dallas, the top three or four defenses in the league. The Giants, they they're really starting to improve in defense. I think their defense could easily be good for five years, five to ten years. And the commanders, that they have solid young pieces on their defense that are coming through for them. So I think that's that's one of the main reasons we're seeing NFC East teams get more wins. And it's honestly crazy that two years ago, the commanders won the division with a 7-9 and nine record. And the past five or six years, there's always been at least one team with three or four wins in the division. So I think this year, is a, they took a crazy leap in talent in this division. So... I hope it'll, you know, stay true and keep being. Yeah, I think I think no team has ever won the NFC East back to back since for like the last what yeah, 15, 20 years or two. Yeah, so that's that's another thing. It's always competitive, even if we're down and out with our division, even if it's a sad division. And I agree with you that it's defense and and like Steve said, young guys coming up, stepping up, playing. If I'm not mistaken, Dallas's defense, I think. It wasn't last year, Dylan. I think two years ago before they drafted Micah, right, that they were the worst defense. They were giving up like 30 points a game. Yeah. You know, so I think that's just a step up. Well, how it went is Dallas was – that two years ago, Dallas, they lost Dak with his broken ankle injury. And then uh, they also had a historically bad defense. Jeff Heath was the guy, right? I like Jeff Heath. He's fast. And he hit. But so no, like they, they had historically bad defense. You know, they after that year, it was Mike McCarthy's first year there. It was just kind of a disaster. And I think it was the year after or after that year ended, obviously Dak was getting healthy. He was gonna be back for the first game the following year. So you knew your offense was gonna be back to like, you know, at least good or like even elite because I mean before Dak got injured that year, that was when the defense was bad and Dak was throwing for four hundred yards a game to start the year. And then, so you knew your offense was going to be fine. So then all they did was just pile up on defense in the draft and free agency. They brought in Dan Quinn, which Dan Quinn has just been outstanding since he showed up. The Eagles this past year, they went and went a little bit crazy in free agency and, you know, the draft and stuff like that. So that they just like they did in 17. They had, they had the pieces. They just filled some more holes and that's why they're better. I think the Giants – you know, the Giants remind me of this year. I think they remind me of – I can't remember exactly what year it is. It might be 17. 
the Jacksonville Jaguars with Blake Bortles. With Bortles, yeah. yeah. I don't see the Giants going to the Super Bowl, but, like, they're just one of them teams you would never think that they even would win a playoff game. They made it, but you don't think that you're like, oh, they just – they barely made it. They're just lucky, whatever. And then they come in and they just shock one or two teams, and then then they'll just finally – their luck's going to run out, their momentum's going to run out, and they're going to get the boot. And – um, Washington, they're just a quarterback away. I really think they are. I think that if they get a quarterback, they're going to have to win wins every year. They have a good receiving core. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I think the GMs don't get enough credit for what they've done to change the dynamic of the teams in the NFC East. With Howie going out, uh, the GM owner of Dallas, you know, Jerry Jones, showing, is that how you say it, for New York or whatever, however you say his name. But for Dan Schneider, though, for Washington, you know. Yeah, I'm not a big he's fan. The of that owner. Guy. I think he's, he's the owner. Yeah. Still, he's he's a nut job. So once he sells that team <laughs> and whoever takes it over, I think they'll be much better. He's not the guy who ran iCarly, is he? No, that's, <laughs> no, that's two different no, Dan he's... Schneiders. All right. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> Why'd you want his autograph? No, I was just wondering because there's a lot. I mean, what Washington there and stuff with the cheerleaders. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's a lot of leaked information that came out about Washington. I have a quick question for you guys. I mean, anybody can answer. I'm going to shoot Luke right now with it. Um, Mike McCarthy, like, so I was watching a, a show this week and it was doing blind resumes. And I think it was The Herd. And it was like bringing up all the statistics and it was like McCarthy's like up there with like his stats are right there with one of the, like all the best coaches, Andy Reed uh, with like uh, all the great coaches in the league. And then they're like, all right, well let's take away Aaron Rodgers from McCarthy in his career and see like how much it changed. And they took him away and they did another blind resume and they're like, and they showed it and they're like, yeah, well, that's Bill Belichick, and McCarthy had better stats without Aaron Rodgers than Bill Belichick has without Tom Brady. And I was just like, I'm not saying he's a better coach than Bill Belichick. Obviously, I'm not going that far. But what do you think? Do you think he's a better coach and he gets credit? Yeah, definitely. I, I remember when he first got hired after that uh, season that he's had where the defense wasn't stepping up. I remember, for example, the Poopos were the first to say, oh, let's get rid of McCarthy. You know, so – not uh, and I was like, you know, stick it out with him, dude. Like McCarthy is a Super Bowl champion head coach. Um, uh, I don't necessarily believe a head coach makes a quarterback, you know. So I think it's all the system. Yeah, a system can go and help a quarterback, but you you also have to play the right game. And I think McCarthy is a very well-rounded head coach to where he knows what he's talking about. He's been a head coach around the league and in a winning organization for quite some time. I Even when he was in Green Bay, they let him go because they weren't getting necessarily to the Super Bowls. It wasn't because they were missing playoffs. It's just they weren't getting to where, the, the like Dylan likes to say, the choke artist Rodgers wasn't getting to where they need to be. And um, with like Matt LaFleur now as Rodgers head coach, they're not even though Rodgers has won back-to-back MVPs, it's showing though that he's not able to go even when the right pieces are around him with Aaron Jones, one of my favorite running backs in the league. 
Devontae Adams, he's not getting to where he needs to be. I mean, I disagree with you about Matt LaFleur because the last – I think last he's that year, good head coach. Oh, he's yeah, he's a good head coach. I don't think they've fallen off. He's pretty much doing the same thing McCarthy did. I mean, the other than this year, obviously they lost Devontae. Aaron went on the whole trip in the forest, whatever. <laughs> but, the, but the two years prior, the Packers won 13 games. They made it to the divisional round in the NFC championship, and then they choked. That's that's just what they've been doing, even with McCarthy. So I don't really think coaching matters up there. I uh, think, and, I think... And, and in Dallas, I think I think the best coach in Dallas is Kellen Moore. Ooh, I'm very I very disagree with that, but I think McCarthy is very good. Besides, I don't like him situationally. I think. When it comes to late games, he needs to make better timeout decisions and stuff like that. If he can make – because I think he cost us a couple games like with his little clock management issues that he has. I don't know where he goes when he's doing that stuff. But, uh, but yeah, I don't know. I think he's a good coach. I think he could definitely get it done. So, I just want to – I would. that's why I just want to ask you quick. We can move on from that. Yeah, no, I, I, I think McCarthy is a good coach. Going off of that, I want your guys' opinions on – Big one of the biggest free agents now that are, and I'm gonna go and make a comparison with Art Robert Griffin a third situation to Lamar's situation where he held out at the playoffs. RG three is like, hey, I once went out there and put my line my uh, career on the line for my boys and my teammates, and it ultimately ended up costing me my career. Then there was Mike Vick who went and said, hey, this is the playoffs. You get out there and you go and play your all and you give it all. You put a brace on and you fight through. Uh, what's your guys' like take on that? Because I'm necessarily going and agreeing with Robert Griffin here, even though Mike Vick's probably my favorite quarterback of all time. I'm agreeing with Robert Griffin to where if you want to have a longevity career and you know the Ravens necessarily, when you played phenomenal for them and played won an MVP at one point in 2020, you weren't ever paid and you weren't ever secured. Now, I think he would have went in and played in the playoffs if he had a security with a contract. What's your guys' takes? Uh, yeah, man, I have to agree with RG3, like you said, too, because I, Lamar has to feel undervalued. You know what I mean? Like you said, he won the MVP. Dude, he has that under his belt. He's played great for Baltimore, and – they just haven't offered him his money yet, man. So he's probably thinking, like, why should I go out there and hurt myself for them if they're undervaluing me? You know what I mean? So I 100% agree with RG3. Like you said, too, Michael Vick's probably my favorite quarterback of all time as well, but I also like RG3. And I know he's a mentor for a lot of these young quarterbacks, too, so I'd have to agree with him. No, I mean, I agree. I think Baltimore, you know, wouldn't pay him this past offseason – he took a little bit of gamble. And then once you have any sort of – like, I think he just, like – he got hurt, and it's just, like, at that point, let's just be safe about it. I mean, he might not be 100%. I thought he was 100%. I thought he was doing, like, a little holdout thing. And so, maybe, yeah. maybe it's not. Maybe it is. Who really knows? But I think, you know, it is a smart decision. I think sitting out and keeping yourself healthy and getting your money – because let's be – he was a later-round pick. What, what round was he? First round, 32nd. Oh, he was overall. first? Yeah, the the Ravens traded the Vikings that season. 
for okay. the 32nd pick to get him. Or something. I think the Vikings had the 32nd. You get a little bit of money from that first round, but – Not when you're the 32nd, though. Now, now he's going to get, like, the real money. So it's like you work this whole time, you're not going to blow it and not get your big bag. And so, he's his own he's his own agent, you know. Yeah, yeah, you're 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 just making a good financial decision in life, not just about football. And longevity of his career. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say and your health too, for sure. Yeah, I hundred percent agree with you guys. Like if he really wants that big contract coming up next year, whether if it's with the Ravens or not, which it's probably not gonna be, like this is better for him. I mean, yeah, you want to play in the playoffs, but at the same time, if you're not if they're not valuing you what you think you are, or if you're not 100% healthy, then have a long career over just the short-term satisfaction, you know? Yeah, I agree with you guys and RG3. Uh, as much as the NFL is a dogfight, no pun intended to Mike Vick. Uh, <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Oh. It's a business, and you're <laughs> – Every NFL player is their own business, so they got they got to protect that. I mean, if, if he's going to go out there and mess up his knee, like he's he he has potentially no more years left in his career. So big E, dude. <laughs> you're an Eagles fan here. You're you're hurt. you're you're you know talking on your guys. Hey man, what happened? Happened. Happen. Hey, you're a big dog guy. You like your dogs. No, okay. He's a big dog guy too, but that doesn't mean anything yeah, from Steve the game. He's still a great quarterback, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, we know Steve likes the dogs, eh? I mean, I got my little guy, dude. He plays who lets the dogs out every morning. Oh yeah. That's a, that's can you guys? Song. Can you guys see Doing then? Like, time. can you guys see then? Like Tyler Huntley, like kind of being then the Ravens guy for a year or two. What I could see happening. Is don't blow this out of proportion now. We're gonna see we're gonna see a double franchise tag with Geno Smith and Lamar and a swap of quarterbacks. That's interesting. Yeah, no, I don't think the Seahawks are. I don't think they're doing that. Well, they have the cap room. They do. They did come out. Yeah. I think the Seahawks are trying to draft somebody like C.J. Stroud if they're able to. No, they're they, not. He, he'll go to. Early. I think so too, but I think if they can maybe make some sort of move to try to get him, I think they'll do it. Could Why not? Yeah, huh? maybe a field swap. Yeah. yeah. I, I just I wonder what they're gonna do with Drew Locke. He'll be a backup the rest of his career, probably. Yeah, probably. I like I like Drew Locke's swagger though. I thought he was gonna go and get the start. Yep. Going off of Lamar and RG three, a big name now because I guess they're they they haven't ever been living up to their potential. Which I thought this team, the season after they drafted Kyler Murray, were going to go and make sparks when they got D Hop. But talking about Arizona and D Hop situation in uh, twenty twenty when he got traded over, he again he's his own agent. He signed a two-year, $54 million deal, which will keep him in Arizona or any team that he gets traded to up until 2024. My realistic thing is that they should keep him. It's kind of whatever. But uh, rumors is that they're trying, again, they're going to probably go on a sort of a little, hey, let's remove some of the older guys. D-Hop's going to be 31. I think he's 31. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I can see a big a big trade happening to get him to New England. They need firepower there at, with the receiver. Bill Belichick and him have chemistry. Bill Belichick has high praise for D-Hop. can see D-Hop being a, a Patriot. Your guys' opinions if he stays or if he gets traded? I think – go ahead. Yeah. Um, uh, that's, that's exactly what I was thinking, him going to the Patriots. I mean, Belichick, he, he's already said in the past he thinks he's one of the best receivers he's ever coached against. You know, he has – like he called him like – he said he was like had the best hands he, he's ever seen. But I can definitely see him going to the Patriots. They definitely need a big receiver like him because even in nine games this year, he still had – which is half a season. He had 64 yeah. catches, 700 yards. You know, if, if he plays the whole season, he has over 110 receptions, 1,400 yards. So, like, he's still a top, top 10 receiver for sure. Have so you I, seen, like, the reports that, all right, maybe Chicago? Yeah. Yeah, but see, I, 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 feel, I, I, I feel like he'd fit in New England better. Yeah, and I don't, I don't see like Chicago again for a receiver like D Hop is, is kind of ideal for him to want to go to. Like, yeah. it's not that. All right, hey, Justin Fields needs the pieces around him to go and actually get this. I'm sorry to say, like, D Hop will not probably play in Chicago. I mean, they have the cap room, but he wouldn't want to I, go from one rebuilding team to another. Exactly, because they're not proven yet. You know what I mean? They're one of the, they're the first overall pick in a draft who to who wants to really go and and especially when you're 31 receivers don't make it really past 32 yeah you know they so this is his maybe like he's still playing at a high level but at the same time this is the maybe a decline too to where they're like arizona's like oh man we gave him this big contract we're paying him 25 mil a year so i if you guys got any on that on D Hop, what's your opinions? I think he, um, I think it'd be wise for them to keep him, man. But if he goes anywhere, there's on, there's actually three places I could see him going. New England's my top spot that I could see him going to. Me and Dylan talked about it a couple weeks ago. Is Dallas because they have the money to afford him. Mm-hmm. And honestly, in my opinion, CD Lamb plays his best football in the slot. If they have somebody outside like that, they can utilize CeeDee Lamb in the slot a lot more, and I think that would be extremely effective for them. And another one, man, that you guys might not think is Baltimore because who do they really have? You know what I mean? But with New England, man, is they need a, they need a quarterback too. So my question is, if Mac Jones requests a trade, dude, then do they move on with Zap? Or does bringing in somebody like DeAndre Hopkins open up room for them to bring in quarterback talent because now they have some receiving talent? Mac, Mac Jones is that guy. I like Mac Jones. He, he reminds me of Tom Brady. There's a reason he was named a pro bowler. Once Matt Patricia came and call, started calling the plays and became their offensive coordinator, Matt Patricia was the Lions head coach. They sucked. And when he was in New England, he was strictly – his first stint in New England, he was strictly a defensive coordinator. Stick to being a defensive coordinator. There's also the reasons where Mac Jones is going to have those times where, hey, all right, me and Belichick are button heads. But when you're the franchise guy and we drafted you in the first round – Bite the bullet. There, there's a reason. Yeah, like Matt Patricia is not an offensive guru. 
You know, he's not an offensive coordinator. He requested a trade, though, man. So I think be- I think that was just rumors circulating. I don't think yeah. anything. Was but I was just saying, that. like, if he did request a trade, does some like signing somebody like Hopkins open up for like talent to want to come there? Go ahead, Cam. I'll go last then. I'm thinking D Hop could go to. This isn't a really a rebuild team because they got guys coming back from injury next year. But I think the Los Angeles Rams could use another wide receiver because you got Cooper Cooper Cup coming back next year. You got Matt Stafford, and if he wants to win something, I think that's the team to do it with. I mean, that's like they could go deep next year, especially depends what A Rob's A Rob's contract. Yeah, that's he's true too. He's getting yeah, well, yeah, but he got paid, and there's guaranteed money with him. Yeah, you know, yeah, they might eat that. Yeah, yeah, well, I, I, yeah, because they're going. In, I, but uh, the Rams, they're not necessarily in a rebuild because Aaron Donald said he's coming back. But exactly. then there's reports that um, Ramsey, Ramsey's not been playing good. But there's reports that he's going to get traded. Yeah, I agree with you, Cam. I could see that happening if they go and maybe do a trade to get a Rob over there because. A-Rob reminds me of uh, – I know Ethan would probably agree with me. A-Rob reminds me of like an A.J. Green in a way. And A.J. Green fit perfectly in the role that he had to do with Arizona. He wasn't a numbers type guy. But here and there he'll get you the three catches for 36 yards, which whatever. But, <laughs> I mean – That's actually a really good comparison to Ethan. I mean, yeah, that's pretty much what A-Rob did this year. Now, like – I don't think that it was like it's like a whole rebuild in Arizona. I don't think that's what it is. I think D Hop had some drama going on with that organization. I mean, if you watch their games, D Hop was on the sideline. Him and Kyler were getting into altercations. Same with the head coach. Like I think D Hop was just either a unhappy or b he just uh, the the team wasn't being ran correctly. I mean, their record didn't show it, but so. I would love to see him come to the Cowboys, but I just think that they have to save money for Diggs, Parsons, CD. I mean, I don't know what they're doing with Tony Possibly Pollard. Pollard. I don't want Pollard, but. No, you don't want Pollard in Dallas? Uh, Franchise franchise him next year, and after that, let him go. Yeah, Cam, I agree with you. We'll take him in Philly. (laughs) If he'll come come for uh, a nice little little deal. A little pay cut there. Yeah. No, you know what? A good team for D Hop uh, that isn't really talked about, and they're a playoff team. They got a chance. The New York Giants. They don't. They're they're struggling at receiver. They think Daniel Jones might be the guy. If you give him D Hop and he and he struggles, then you know he's not the guy. If you give him D Hop and he does something, you know, all right, we might have our guy. So I think that's a good spot for him. Uh, I also want to say one more thing. I know it's way back, but I want I want to give a little shout out. I got a text today. And it was a little fact, and it's about the Cowboys game this week. And shout out to Brad. Brad sent me a text out of nowhere today, and it says, teams that have won 11 straight have lost the 12th game of the year, or the 12th game afterwards, 11 out of 12 times in the last 10 years. So in the last 10 years, anybody that won 11 straight lost the 12th. So a party. Yep. So that's what the Niners they won straight. They lost it. Every team loses their twelfth besides one. And it was it was the Patriots, I believe, when they like went to they ended up uh 
losing this. Or no, 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 no. It was the, it was Carolina, I think, with Cam. And oh that was yeah, one twelve in the last ten years. But yeah, that I wanted to bring that up because I wanted to just let you guys know and let it seek into your minds that you might see the Cowboys in the NFC Championship. I mean, I think that's a BS stat, to be honest. Like you, you say about a lot of stuff. I've, I have to go and say that that's a BS stat. Good. All right. Oh, yeah. Since we're at an hour, here's a question for you. Do you want to split this up? We'll take a little break and then split this up into another half hour episode if you guys want. Yeah. Yeah. Do that. Yeah. Sure. All right. Because I need another beer. I got to piss and I need to hit. My yeah. I, I have to take a fat shit. And uh... well, you're just gonna, like, cut it like <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'll cut this and we'll do another half hour. Yeah. I just finished a six pack of beer during this. I'm fucked up. <laughs> no, you didn't. <laughs> Luke yeah, always we're... finishes all these beers, but you never see him. I swear to God, dude. One, two. He's picking up the same can every time. I'm laughing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's just bringing it around the camera going back and yeah. forth. Yeah, I got this one. Yeah, and okay, yeah, yeah, just, what, just, yeah should, I, you know what, should I start uh, juggling them for you? <laughs> Empty this, cans. This one. Make sure yeah, yo, you I'll edit that. Out, yeah. Dude, do, do, uh, when we post this shit, bro, we'll just be like, I'll throw in our, our sponsors. I'll throw in like, hey, this one's brought to you guys by W. Yeah, yeah. Because all right, all right, cool, cool. Um, all right, yeah. Well, we'll go with a, a a part two episode of this. We'll do like the first half, whatever, and then we'll go part two is brought to you by our sponsor that whatever W. Don't say. Yeah. Bruisers yet? Cause I haven't been back to work yet. I just didn't tell him and shit yet. Yeah. No, it's all right. I just don't want him to think anything. I've been well, off. For- um, all right. I want. I'm on this. On yeah, this I'm gonna end this real quick. Hang on. Yeah. 